Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Roshu. We're here with uh, Sifu Dave Richardson, uh, and I'm very, very excited to talk more about his uh, Wing Chun journey, especially because he uh, started out with uh, Western boxing, and um, I think we all can get a lot of insight from uh, from his experience. Sifu Richardson, please tell us more about your martial arts journey, how you started out, you know, what um, inspired you to take up martial arts, and how you got in touch with uh, with Wing Chun. No worries, Bogdan. Thanks for having me uh, on your podcast, mate. It's an honor to be here. Uh, my general story is with most people that uh, they get into martial arts, they, they might have been bullied at school, which is exactly what happened with me. I was that short little fat kid that, uh, that got picked on. And um, when I left school, I, uh, I decided I'd better learn how to fight. So I started mm-hmm. uh, when I was about 17 mm-hmm. in, uh, in Wing Chun. And the, the secret that I had then, after a short while, closed the school down and moved overseas, and there was no other uh, Wing Chun schools around the area at that time. So that's what uh, I basically went to the next closest thing. At that at that mm-hmm. point, was Muay Thai, and uh, and then from Muay Thai onto a bit of Western boxing, and um, I I used that in in a security industry career, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, then in 2007 I found Wing Chun again and started up the journey that uh, I'd started many years earlier. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I uh, well, <laughs> to start out, I cannot imagine you as being a fat kid right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a late bloomer. When I did grow, I grew straight up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Guys, if you connect with Sifu Richardson, you're going to love his... Uh, his um, profile picture and his uh, mustache it's like it reminds you of those old old western boxers you know those um, uh, bare knuckle fighters which is uh, which is awesome by the way um, what I'd like to get into you know because uh, for example Wong Sun Leung which is one of the most famous Wing Chun uh, fighters that we have he was doing western boxing with well, before he started Wing Chun, which was a huge contribution to his um, to his uh, own version of Wing Chun, how did that? How did your Muay Thai and your boxing training influence your Wing Chun? It certainly influenced in the fact that um, you've got to be willing to take the fight to your opponent. Uh, you can't always be on the defensive, mm-hmm. um, and that was one thing that uh, the boxing did teach me is that basically you got a set of gloves thrown at you, put in the ring, and you keep your guard up and and work it out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's a little bit more to it than that, but you were always striking, you were covering yes. and striking, and. I, I see so many people training, um, and you can only defend for so long before, uh, statistically, one of those strikes has to get through, and it only takes that one lucky punch mm-hmm. um, to put you on the back foot. Once you're on the back foot, it's it's nigh on impossible to get uh, to get back in control, especially in a self-defense situation. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sports situation, totally different arena. 
but um, on, on the street, you can't afford to get on the back foot, that's for sure. Mm. That's very powerful. So if I understand, uh, you got more of an attack mentality than um, like attack is the best defense. It is, it is. And that's something that I've learned through Wing Chun more so, mm -hmm. is that um, as you're learning, like when you first start learning, we're, uh, we're, we're dealing with a, a defense and an attack, mm -hmm. and a defense and an attack, sort of a one-two motion. And then you work to the attack and defense being simultaneous, which we know is, all, is inherent to, uh, to Wing Chun. But then you've got to take that one step further where it's not just simultaneous, your attack has to be your defense. Mm -hmm. So if you have correct structure, if you have correct uh, positioning through good footwork, then technically you should be able to um, use your attack as your defense. Interesting. Yes. Um, and why do you why do you suppose that a lot of people focus too much on defense? Um, I think uh, I think the internet has a lot to play with that, and also mm. movies. People want to look like Donnie Yen in the Hitman movies. They want to um, look like the guy that's uh, that's fighting against a semi-compliant partner, and uh, yes. and it looks beautiful. Like Wing Chun is a beautiful looking art when you look at it like that, but in real world, it's it's going to look scrappy. And if you're doing it right, it should be over really quickly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, we actually filmed a video um, for our Facebook page and YouTube channel where we were talking about the fight scene, the famous fight scene in Yip Man where he's fighting 10 black belts. Mm-hmm. How, how good is that scene? I mean, that looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> like that every technique. <laughs> it's like, uh, like for a movie scene, it's, it's unbelievable. But if you try to do or to fight like that on the street, you will 100% get either, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get owned. <laughs> like, like in two seconds, no problem, because mm. everybody would, would just jump you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. We, we, we actually take a, um, a concept uh, in our mm -hmm. sparring that, that I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. But what we do is uh, we'll have one person that has uh, got their, their MMA gloves and their mouth guard and so on. Mm -hmm. But the other person is fully kitted out with belly protector, headgear, right. uh, gloves, shin guards. And the, they're the attacker. Now, the attacker can come in and attack with anything he wants mm -hmm. except mm -hmm. Wing Chun. Okay. He's not allowed to do anything similar to Wing Chun because it, it just it simulates somebody yeah. outside of your training partners yeah. uh, and he, he comes in hard and the the defender has to nullify that attack. Mm -hmm. um, so rather, rather than having two people with, with their gloves on and then it just turns into a really sloppy kickboxing match, right. um, we actually have them utilizing Wing Chun principles and concepts along with, uh, along with the techniques. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is very powerful. Guys, if you're listening, this is a great, great way to sync the Wing, the wing Chun concepts into, um, into your nervous system, into, into your body. Because in that moment when you really can, uh, you can hit the other person very, very hard without doing damage, you know, because they're wearing pads, you really um, take that mentality of 
I hit and then uh, you hit to survive basically, not to compete. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, awesome. So you were sharing something before, um, before we started uh, recording, we did a small live cast on Facebook, which was, uh, was fun. Uh, you were saying something about the difference between boxing and Wing Chun long term. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Um, as far as health goes, yeah, when I was boxing, um, like Wing Chun was always uh, in my heart because that was the first uh, martial art that I really got, uh, got involved with. Um, but as I was boxing and, and doing Muay Thai, I was looking at the older boxers and very, very few of them were in good health. They were all punchy and, uh, and had brain issues and their hands were, uh, were all broken and, and so on. Yet the, um, you look at the older Kung Fu masters mm-hmm. and you see that they're, they're in their 80s and 90s and they're still, still training and uh, they're still flexible and they still have all their faculties and I, I looked at it and I thought there's, there's got to be something in this mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's, it's only during my Wing Chun journey that I've realized that Wing Chun is a wonderful system for self-defense but it's also wonderful for health uh, and it's really more about keeping your body in good form and you learn to fight along the way. How good's that? Awesome. Awesome. True. Um, Wing Chun, you can do it without problems at when you're 80, when you're 90. It just comes down to what you really, what you really want from that experience. Mm-hmm. Well, can you share, because you said uh, you, you have been working in security. Can you share some of the uh, experiences that you had while applying Wing Chun um, in, in a uh, self-defense situation for your security job? My, in, in all honesty, uh, my best weapon in the oh, bit over 10 years of security uh, that I did, my best weapon was my mouth. I think I talked myself out of more situations than I actually had to fight myself out of. Um, I'd like a dollar for everybody that I, uh, I wrapped up and made squeal, but um, yeah. yeah, majority of the... Uh, of the, of the situations, uh, I tried to uh, diffuse verbally, um, but yeah, a lot of the the concepts that I know in Wing Chun would definitely work uh, in security. We, we'd always control the elbow, mm-hmm. get uh, to the blind side, and um, mm-hmm. always have a passive guard up. So, I mean, we've got the traditional Wing Chun guard, mm-hmm. um, but turn your hands open to face the opponent and you've still got your traditional guard but it's now non-confrontational and just something as simple as that can be enough to start the diffusion process because if you've got your hands up and they're in a fist or if you're in a in a classic pose then that can actually escalate the situation yeah because this person might have been a little bit iffy about uh having uh, having to deal with you and then you shape up and then all of a sudden he thinks well i have to fight now yes um, yes yeah especially if they have yeah. friends with them they feel that they need to prove themselves to their friends yes yeah and that was something else too is the the type of fight that it was i mean if you're working doors um alcohol is involved 99 percent of the time and 99 percent of the time those incidents are more about 
yeah, showing off to their mates, proving that they're better than the bouncer, mm-hmm. or there's a girl involved, or there's, you know, it's um, it's not a real life and death fight. Like you're not yeah. going to to absolutely take somebody out in that situation because mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not a fight for want of a better word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's times where um, weapons were pulled, and uh, yeah, that escalates really quickly, and and that quickly that you don't even see it happening, uh, for want of a better word, especially if there's multiple opponents. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's some things I've seen that I wished I I, didn't, I never did, <laughs> and can't be unseen. Wow, wow. Mm. Yeah, guys, here's a here's a good tip. Like if you're in a bar. Don't try to prove the bouncer wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's sober. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sober. And so are all his mates that he's got working on shift with him. <laughs> <laughs> There's a life lesson right there. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, avoid the fight if, if you can. If Absolutely. it's at all possible, avoid the fight. And then, if you have to use it, um, then then use it, um, and yeah. and use it. Don't use it half-heartedly. Mm. I think there's half the problem as well. People mm-hmm. hold back, yep. um, and if you hold back, then a lot of the principles and uh, concepts of Wing Chun won't actually work. If you don't affect somebody's balance, yeah. then you can't hope for your uh, your technique to work because mm-hmm. it was never designed to work with that yes. with that uh, mindset yes yes and i find it every time it's it's always the same it's like uh if i don't use my wing chun 100% like 100% power 100% speed and and hit hitting the other person mm. it doesn't work it's not like it goes to 80 or 90% it just drops to 10% yeah it's like yeah. so. Yeah. So you save you you save your fifty percent and your thirty percent and your eighty percent. You save that for the mat when you're training, where you don't want to break your partner, yes. but you want to be able to train with them again tomorrow. That's where you learn where one person has to be the attacker, the other person has to be the defender. If mm-hmm. you don't have those predefined roles, mm-hmm. then you can't learn. It just ends up two people trying to uh, whack each other and not be whacked, um, and there's no learning process there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. Um, Sifu Dave, what is uh, what is your favorite Wing Chun related story, and uh, could you share it with us? Oh, my favorite Wing Chun related story. Um, it must I must say one of the, the funniest ones uh, I I can remember is when I first opened my uh, my very first school. It was this tiny little shop front in a uh, in a little strip shop. Complex, only a half a dozen shops in a local local area, and uh, I had to go in and paint it and set it all up. And I had a sign in the windows and we we're opening it at such and such a date. Mm-hmm. And uh, the local karate club, um, which is part of an organisation here in Australia that um, were known throughout the the eighties and nineties for going around to other clubs and uh, yeah. and t- testing them and challenging them. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm in there painting one day and in comes this guy and he says, oh, I'm from such and such uh, karate up the road and um, uh, I see you're opening on Monday. Uh, me and four of four of my guys are going to come down and have a look at, at your school. Yeah. 
well, okay, no worries, not a problem. So, um, and he seemed okay about it, he seemed nice-ish, and, uh, but having known their, uh, their modus operandi, uh, I, I rung uh, my seating and, uh, and one of my, my seaties and said, hey, uh, on my opening night, do you boys want to come down and take part in the lesson? And uh, so yeah, <laughs> I told them the story and, and they came along and uh, yeah, sure enough, they, they, these guys turned up and uh, I'm conducting the class and I, I can't even remember what technique I was showing at the time, but uh, just out of, I was keeping my, my uh, uh, keeping an eye on them and the corner of my eye mm -hmm. and uh, my seeing was, was one guy and uh, this one guy said, "Oh yeah, well if you did that, I'd I'd bring my knee up and I'd uh, I'd knee you to the solar plexus." And uh, and I said, "He's going, yeah, well I probably wouldn't do that for this, this, and this reason." And then next thing you know, uh, there's a big thump, and this karate guy's got his knee up around his ear and a forearm across his throat. And uh, and I said, "He's going, see, that's probably why I wouldn't do it." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> That's taken care of. <laughs> and then, and then we went on uh, uh, at, towards the end of the class, and we did some some conditioning drills. And uh, in in our uh, in our lineage, we we have an iron palm conditioning uh, regime, and uh, both myself and uh, and the seating had uh, had not long completed the uh, the iron palm course and. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, these guys got a um, an appreciation for um, yeah wax to the forearm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's probably the funniest uh, Wing Chun story uh, that comes to mind. Yeah. yeah, needless to say, they didn't come back either. <laughs> <laughs> Their first and last Wing Chun lesson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I I always tell this to my students because they get so. Um, excited about Wing Chun and they, they start talking to their friends and they say, you know, we have the Bong Zhao, then you have the Tan Zhao and then you do this and then you, you know, why? Don't, don't talk about, you know, uh, the hands, just allow them to feel the power and the speed mm -hmm. and then they're going to, mm -hmm. they're going to be the ones asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And isn't it funny how when you, when you're training a different uh, stages in your training, mm -hmm. you have a different perception of everything. Like you're just saying that your students then they're saying, oh, "This is the bong sound and the tan sound." Right. Then as you progress, the it almost becomes more of a uh, position of structure than an actual technique. Mm -hmm. So you're using that technique to position your mm -hmm. your body to take best advantage of an opening. Uh, or to create an opening, or to to, to um, break their balance. Yeah, uh, it never really looks exactly like it's going to be. So Tansa, for example, mm -hmm. and this is where it comes back to boxing um, as well. The somebody throws a uh, a jab at you, and you just step off to the side and counter with your own. For want of a better word, a tan sal that's a punch. So we call it a cutting punch, mm -hmm. and just cut straight over the top of it. Mm -hmm. Now, technically, that's a tan sal. Mm -hmm. But to a boxer, it's not a tan sal. Yeah. The elbow is down, the uh, and and the intention's coming forward, and as it because of good structure, um, it it um, deflects the oncoming strike, and you strike straight through the opening, which we all know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the end, it just, it's just a concept. It's like, <sighs> yeah, the Tanzo doesn't become a Tanzo. The punch doesn't become a punch. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, it, it is all about the concepts. All about the concepts and yeah, using the yeah. techniques to express those concepts. And it's so funny how people, you know, they get so caught up in this uh, angling, uh, you know, oh, my Hanzao, the correct Hanzao is 27.5 degrees to the left and uh, needs to point out to the sun when it's rising yep. at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> what, is, what are you talking about, you know? It's like, this, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. Mike Tyson said it best, your strategy will go out the window the second I punch you in the face. Yeah, you yeah. haven't got time to think about all of that. Yeah, so, and that's where on the mat with your partner, 20%, 30%, 50%, mm -hmm. all of those different pressure levels mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the constant drilling to build that neural pathways mm -hmm. um, so that when you take it from a um, an unconscious uh, uh, sorry, a conscious action mm -hmm. to an unconscious reaction where mm -hmm. every time you do a technique, it comes out the same mm -hmm. over and over. Mm -hmm. You do it turns out, it comes out exactly the same every time. Um, but that comes through practice, drilling, and time. The secret to Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. T can you tell us a bit more about training, um, about sparring and uh, training with uh, protection with gear? Because... A lot of Wing Chun schools, including my previous uh, schools, are, um, you know, the students are not allowed to spar, they're not allowed to fight each other, and they're just focusing on um, exercises and drills and uh, form. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, well, that has its place too, Bogdan. I mean, there's different students are in it for different reasons. Yes. Uh, some people are in it for the love of the art. They love the angles, they love the preciseness, they love all of the forms and so on and so forth, but they don't actually enjoy the fighting side of things. And that's okay. Everybody's got their own uh, path mm -hmm. to follow. Mm -hmm. But if you are training it for self-defense uh, and you've got to pressure test it, if you don't pressure test it, yes. then you don't know whether it's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, and as I was saying uh, to you earlier, when we spar, I mean, we do normal sparring like uh, everybody else does. Here's your gloves, here's your, your groin guard, your mouth guard, uh, and do random, uh, random sparring. But what tends to happen quite often is it just turns into sloppy kickboxing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or, or it'll just turn into uh, horrible-looking Wing Chun because everybody's trying to make it look like the Ip Man movie. Yeah. Uh, but what I, what I do like to do in our school is um, get one person kitted up with a uh, a full chest protector, mm -hmm. uh, shin guards, headgear, yeah. uh, and boxing gloves. Yeah. I actually get them to put boxing gloves on, and now they're allowed to attack the defender mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. anything they like. Absolutely yeah. anything they like, as yeah. long as it's not Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. And then the defender has to use the concepts, principles that they've trained on the mat to nullify that oncoming attack as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. That way it mm -hmm. takes it away from being a sports-style sparring match yeah. to a, I need to stop this guy, he's going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you've got a couple whack in the head at some stage yeah. uh, or a whack in the body. You have to know what it feels like to be hit. 
Yeah. That way your brain's got a reference point to fall back to because when you're stuck in that high adrenaline moment and mm -hmm. you get the adrenaline dump, uh, if you've never been hit and punched in the face before, you're gonna freeze. then your body, yeah, you're going to freak out and there's a good chance you're going to freeze. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the last thing you want to happen. So, yeah, you've, you've got to keep a calm mind and, um, yeah, have that reference point to go, oh, yeah, I've been punched before, I've been here before, that's all right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's not such a shock to the system. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and I recognize that as well in uh, in my school in my training because um, we we bought gear like a few a few months ago, and it was basically the first time we were sparring and playing around with uh, with protection with gear. And what happened is exactly what you were saying. It turns into a sloppy kickboxing match or like sloppy Wing Chun. You can't really use hmm. your Wing Chun one hundred percent. So. To me personally, our discussion today is very, very valuable because I recognize the importance of doing that and putting yourself into that kind of situation for, for the street world where you have to disable or nullify the attack as soon as possible instead of, yeah. um, you know, turning, it, uh, turning the whole situation into a competition. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... Like, and, but with that uh, in mind, there's, there's so many people out there that hide behind that excuse that, oh, Wing Chun is no good in the ring, uh, it's too deadly, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, thankfully, Wing Chun is, I think, is at a turning point because it copped so much flack from uh, other styles and, yes. uh, and, and so on um, because there was <laughs> a lot of it out there that it was shameful to see, mm -hmm, but um, mm -hmm. there's some there's some good uh, there's some good sifus out there that are teaching some good uh, good Wing Chun and, and actually bringing the level of Wing Chun back up, uh, yeah. which is good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, high, high level fighters doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I interviewed uh, Sifu Martin Brogard from Practical Wing Chun, and um, mm -hmm. he was sharing that. He met a lot of, or he met a few Wing Chun practitioners, and he wasn't impressed because he was teaching and uh, practicing Muay Thai at the at the moment, and having practiced several martial arts. So he um he felt that they couldn't handle the power and uh, they couldn't close in on the distance, right? Mm -hmm. Until he met one guy who would become his uh, his first Wing Chun sifu that totally you know, he, he couldn't do anything against because he would be very good at closing the distance and just taking his balance and um yes. and overwhelming yep. uh overwhelming him despite his um, yes. his previous training. And yeah, I, I believe that there are a lot of people with very, very high skill in Wing Chun that are um slowly surfacing and we have a lot more access to people like that thanks to the internet yes. as well. Yeah, the internet's a double-edged sword, yes. isn't it? I mean, uh, it's yeah. uh, it, it's allowed a lot of people to be uh, <laughs> overnight seafoods. instant in, <laughs> overnight seafoods, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also allowed uh, a lot of information to be shared. Yes, uh, and it's just a case of being able to filter out the uh, the wheat from the chaff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, Sifu Richardson, what would you uh, what would you share with everyone listening? What what are the tips that you can share for people who want to have better results in their Wing Chun, who maybe um want to have 
that is self defense that is self defense performance and also mm-hmm. for the people who just want to have uh, fun and uh, you know enjoy their training yeah yeah look I, I can only comment on what i know as far as wing chun goes uh from the style that i learned which is uh, grandmaster william chung's traditional wing chun um and one key factor that we we train uh and and Chum Kill actually um, develops this is a concept that we call uh, BOEC. It's an acronym for Balance Opening Elbows and Crossed Arms. Mm-hmm. Um, now the balance, obviously when we're doing Silam Tao, Yugi Ji Kim Yong Ma is developing that, that strong stance and that strong base. Because without balance, uh, you've got nothing. You've got no power, mm-hmm. you've got no stability, you've got no mobility. You have to be balanced, um, yeah. and in the same context, you have to have good balance to be able to take your opponents. Um, yeah. So as I was saying before, as soon as you get on the back foot in a real life and death situation, it's almost impossible to come back onto the uh, onto the um, front foot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the O from the BOEC is is for opening now. That can be as soon as your opponent throws a strike, an opening is created. It's just human biomechanics. Um, you yes. throw a strike, you're going to create one. I throw a strike, I'm going to create one too. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've got to be able to recognise those openings, and uh, and I think it's not just a case of recognising them. Mm-hmm. It's the timing because without having yes. good timing, your speed, your power, your your technique. Is all out the window if it's done at the wrong time. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, so the next the next key thing is elbows. Mm-hmm. Watching the elbows, uh, the elbows will will tell you what you need to know. Watch the lead elbow um, again through through biomechanics. That if somebody's going to throw anything at you, the elbow is going to move. Uh, if they're going to throw a kick at you, the elbow is going to lift up uh, or back. Dependent on uh, on what's going to happen, so yeah, we watch the the lead elbow and we control the elbows. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the blind side, you can uh, control the uh, the elbows by pulling, pressing, pinning, lifting, or stopping, um, and countering the opponent's uh, balance and base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, we um we we do a drill in our school um, in Chisau that we, it's called elbows where there's no uh, striking allowed. Um, yes. You just primarily capitalise on openings to get to the elbow. Once you've got control of the elbow and the balance, the players reset and start again. Uh, and that's primarily the name of the game, just mm-hmm. play elbows. Excellent. Um, do you do anything like that in your, uh, in your classes? Yeah, yeah, we play around with that idea a lot as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially in cheese out. It's uh, yeah, it's very funny yeah. that you mentioned uh, balance because we have a question from um, from actually one of my students, uh, Teodora, and she's asking um, uh, Sifu Richardson, what has balance come to be for you? Beyond the concept of balance, which is quite unique to any individual and uh, the personal meaning we give it, what have you found balance to be as an embodied experience? Now this this is a very deep question because you can take this as uh, as far as uh, as you want because for me Wing Chun is uh, all about balance. It's not just balance in the physical sense. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. balance in life in general. 
um, and that comes through good health and and uh, and following the the centre line. Um, the balance is yeah, it's it's out <laughs> basically. If something's out of balance, then you're going to have disarmament. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to record this uh, interview. Thanks for having me, Bogdan. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, where can people get in touch with you? Uh, I can be contacted through uh, Facebook at Kung Fu Southside or my personal page, David Richardson. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Richardson. And um, you can check us out at kungfusouthside.com.au. Excellent. I'll post a link in the com in the uh, description as always. Um, guys, thank you so much for for listening in. Uh, leave a comment showing your appreciation for um, Sifu Dave's uh, time and experience. And uh, as always, go to addictedtowingchun.com for some cool resources that you can use on your Wing Chun journey. And if you want to support me on my journey towards helping 1 million people unleash their power and heal themselves, go ahead and share this episode with your friends. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and, and thank you, Bogdan. It's been a uh, it's been a great experience. Awesome.